Well, to this point in our reflection on the epistle of John, the first epistle, we've seen how John has described three barriers to fellowship with the Lord Jesus. The first, sin. The second barrier, broken relationships. The third barrier, loving the world. We come now to the final barrier that John addresses in his epistle, and that is the barrier of the denial of the Son. Now let's read from 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 to 27. This is what we read. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that they might become plain, that they are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you've heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to you, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as he taught you, abide in him. John begins his section by telling us that we are in the last hour. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. Now, the term the last hour refers to the last days, and Revelation chapter 13 tells us about those last days, that in those last days there will be a great Antichrist described as a great dragon who comes to oppose the Lord and to make war on his saints. And John tells us, however, that while there is a great Antichrist coming, there are even now many smaller Antichrists among us. And, and for John, that was a sign that these last days were upon us. Now notice what John tells us about these smaller Antichrists in verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they were not of us. 
Now, these smaller antichrists, according to John, went out from us. And he goes on to say that if they had been truly one of us, they would have continued with us. Now, consider what John is telling us here. He's telling us that these smaller antichrists were among us, but they could not continue among the people of God, and they left them. Now, this brings up two questions that we need to consider here in this regard. Why were these antichrists among us or in among the believers in the first place? And secondly, what is it that drove them from the church? Well, first, why were these antichrists among us? Well, to answer that question, we need to consider the origin of the, first, of the great antichrist in Revelation chapter 13. And in Revelation 13, we see that he obtains his authority and power from Satan, and his purpose is to oppose Christ and the work of the kingdom. Now, if the great Antichrist is sent by Satan to oppose the work of the kingdom, should we not see that these smaller Antichrists are from him as well, and that these individuals oppose the work of the kingdom of God in many different ways? Whether it's understood in their mind or not, they oppose the work of the kingdom of God. They seek to distort the truth through false teachings. They seek to disrupt the body by dividing believers. They seek to destroy the purity of the bride of Christ by stirring up the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. And I believe that all of us have experienced the work of these kinds of people among us. These smaller antichrists have been sent among us to destroy and to damage and to hinder the work of the church of Jesus Christ. And it should not surprise us that the enemy, Satan, is involved in this in our day. Now, the second question we must ask ourselves is this. What caused these small antichrists to leave? And John answers this first with the words that he speaks here when he says this, but they went out that it might become plain that they are not of us. And the idea here is that God exposes them for who they are. In order to protect his church, God exposes their character and true intentions and makes them known to the church so that they cannot remain. Now, that's not the only reason why these antichrists leave. John goes on in, in verse 20 to say this, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. And I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Now, there's a few details we need to see here. Speaking to true believers, John says this, but you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have knowledge. So John tells his readers that they had received an anointing from God, and that anointing was the very presence of the Holy Spirit who lived in them. 
and that that anointing brought to them a very particular knowledge. And John tells us what that knowledge is in verses 21 and 22. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. And because it is no lie, and no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? And this is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. The knowledge that this Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, gives was the knowledge of the truth. And the truth that is referred to here is the truth about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And John tells us that the Antichrist denies the Father and the Son. Now, we're not speaking here about the denial of the existence of the Father and the Son, for even Satan and the Antichrist know that to be true. But the denial here comes in the form of a conscious rejection of the work of Jesus Christ. It comes in a conscious refusal to accept and to submit to the work of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirits and Spirit and And these antichrists flourish where the cross of Christ is not preached. These antichrists abound where the work of the church is not the work of the Spirit. Now, getting back to the question, why did these antichrists leave the church? They left because the church was was faithful in preaching the truth about Jesus Christ crucified and risen. They left because the Spirit of God was given control and was moving people into Christ and into his purpose. And if there is one thing that Satan cannot tolerate, it is the cross. It is the elevation of the person of Christ. It is the submission to Christ and to his work. And what's important for us to note here is that what Paul tells us in verse 22, who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ, this is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Those who attend church and deny Jesus is the Christ, according to this, are liars and hypocrites. And what John is telling us is that those who, it is those who truly accept Jesus as the, as the Christ who are in fellowship with him. The word Christ here literally means anointed one. And in the Jewish mind, when they spoke about the anointed one, they were referring to the Messiah who who was to come. And that Messiah was anointed to be the sacrifice for our sin. And he would remove the barrier between God and man. And he would redeem sinful humankind and restore them to fellowship with the Father. And if you do not accept Jesus as the Son of God, the Messiah who died on the cross, you cannot have fellowship with God. He is the only way to the Father. You cannot come until you've recognized and recognized the Son. You cannot have fellowship with the people of God until you accept the Lord Jesus. And all who would have fellowship with Christ must accept him and his work. And John makes that abundantly clear when he says in verse 23, no one who denies the Son has the Father, and whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. John goes on in verse 24 to say this, Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, 
then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. John encourages his readers to let what they have heard from the beginning abide in them. Now, what had they heard from the beginning? Well, the context gives us the answer. John is writing here about antichrists who deny the truth about Jesus Christ and his work, and the truth these believers heard from the very beginning of their Christian life was the truth of the gospel. It was the truth about Jesus as the Messiah come to die for the sins of the world. It was the truth about Jesus risen from the dead, conquering sin and death. It was the truth about the ascended Christ, seated at the place of honor in heaven, preparing a place for those who accept him and his work on their behalf. And notice what John tells his readers about this truth. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. If that truth of Jesus and his work abides in you, that is to say, if that truth is your hope and confidence that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, if you abide in that, you have fellowship with Christ and his Father. It is that truth that brings you into fellowship with Christ and into a right relationship with the Father. It is the simple truth that Jesus Christ, Son of God, Savior, that brings about a radical change in our lives. And John goes on to tell those in whom this truth abides that they have a promise from the Father. In verse 25, he says, And this is the promise that he made to us who believe in the Son and his work on our behalf. And this is the promise that he made to us eternal life, eternal life, eternal fellowship with Christ, eternal fellowship with his spirit, eternal fellowship with the Father. If you want to know fellowship with God and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, you must allow this truth about Christ to abide in you, that spirit-given knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord must rest and abide in you. Your hope and confidence must be in him if you want to have fellowship with the Father. Now, in verse 26, John tells his readers that he writes these things to them because of those who are trying to deceive them. Verse 26 says this, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. These individuals were these small antichrists that circulated among them, seeking to distract them from the truth of Jesus Christ, his work, and hinder their fellowship with him. These antichrists continue to circulate among us even in our day and they promote a gospel that is all about our pleasure and riches and not about Christ they promote a legalistic faith that denies in practice the grace of Christ they, they promote a self-centered faith that is all about ourselves and the world in which we live promotes a lifestyle of license and freedom apart from Christ but what John preached was a gospel that focused on Jesus Christ and his work. It was a gospel that promised forgiveness and eternal life through the one-time sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And John writes to these believers because it was easy for them in a world of lies and deceit to get sidetracked. Their hope was in Christ and in him alone, and they were not to allow this world to strip away their fellowship with him. 
how many things can distract us from our fellowship with Christ? And how can we keep from being distracted in a world of so much static? How can we keep our focus on Christ and not get sidetracked? These are legitimate and important questions. And John answers this in verse 27. But you... But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. How do we keep from getting distracted? How do we keep our focus on Christ? How do we abide in that truth so that we can continue in fellowship with him? John tells us that there is an anointing that each and every one of us has received and that that anointing teaches us. And that anointing, of course, is the very person of the Holy Spirit who lives within each and every believer. He will teach us what is right and what is true. He will show us how to live. He will give us victory. Do you see what John is doing here? He's confirming the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as he has taught you, abide in him. John tells us that this anointing of the Spirit of God teaches us about everything. You, do not, you don't know what to do? Well, then the Spirit of God is able fully to show you. You don't know how to conquer a particular sin. The anointing of God's Spirit, His presence in you, will give you victory and show you how to conquer. He delights to lead you into the purpose and the truth of God. And John tells us also there that this anointing, this Spirit of God in us is true and is no lie. The Spirit of God is truth itself. The Spirit of Christ will never mislead you. He who inspired the Scriptures will never lead you contrary to them. He whose role is to lead us to Christ and the truth about Christ will always elevate the person of Christ. And so John encourages us, therefore, to abide in him and to abide in Christ and the truth his spirit reveals to continue to to steadfast with our eyes fixed on him and, and he will lead us through this maze of confusion and, and victory the battle it belongs to the Lord and this abiding of the spirit of Christ will lead you and this spirit will direct you into the truth and into the purpose of God and keep you in fellowship with Christ and in the truth about Jesus Christ abiding in the revelation of his spirit abiding in the anointing of his spirit in our lives and allowing that spirit to strengthen and keep us in the truth. This, according to John, is a secret to success and victory in our Christian life. And so John tells us that there are many antichrists all around us and that the enemy is very busy working. And these antichrists deny the Lord and his work. They, they seem to water down the message of the gospel. They seek to, de 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 deny our dependence on Christ and his spirit. And, and they seek to distract us from the purpose of God in our lives. But those who want to know fellowship with God, 
must abide in the truth of the gospel. They must confess him as the the anointed one, the Messiah and Savior. And apart from this confession, there is no fellowship with Christ. And to help us keep Christ central in our lives and, and help us to remain in that truth, God has anointed us with his Holy Spirit. And it is that Holy Spirit who teaches us the truth about Jesus Christ. He keeps us in fellowship with Christ. He will strengthen us to overcome anything that would keep us from Christ and our relationship with him. And so what John is telling us here is this. You cannot deny the Son and his work and be in fellowship with God.